shared with you a story earlier in the show about some parents who sent their kids a third, second, and kindergartner to school yesterday, first day of school, for their district, and they didn't have masks on, walked into the school without masks, went to their classrooms, teachers asked them to put masks on, each three of them said no thank you. Parents were called to the office, and uh, they were ultimately provided with um, suspension slips. For a one-day out-of-school suspension, uh, that story being shared by Awake Illinois, and uh, I would imagine you'll probably see more of that. Uh, but there are other ways that people are protesting the mask mandates that Governor J.B. Pritzker implemented last week after originally saying that's going to be up to local school districts to determine the, their policies. Uh, he then came with a, an executive order ordering that all school districts, K-12, through public and private, if federal dollars or state dollars are involved, they have to follow his mask mandate. But there are other ways to protest that, including filing lawsuits. And one in particular filed yesterday by attorney Thomas DeVore. He joins us now on the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop. Tom, thanks for taking time. How are you? Good morning, sir. So let's, uh, I guess, just walk us through this particular case that you filed yesterday on behalf of a parent, what school district, what county, and uh, what do you anticipate happening here? Greg, the school district is in Clinton County, Illinois. Uh, it's district number 12, and I heard before we got on the call one of the things you said that I would like to distinguish because it's it's very technically different. And when, when people say it's a misperception that the governor mandated masks in schools, he didn't really do that. If you read Section 1 of his executive order closely, what he says is that local school districts must follow the joint guidance of the Department of Health and the State Board of Education. Now, granted, we knew when he said that that he was going to direct them and somehow then give them the power to create this uh, mandatory mask requirement, but the governor mandated local school districts they must comply with that guidance. He didn't really directly come out and say, I'm creating a mask mandate, so it's a little bit different. But, but yeah, the school district is in Clinton County, and it's a parent who has a child in the uh, District 12 that District 12 had made their mask policy recommended after they had vetted it at the local district like many had. And then after August 4th, they issued a letter saying that, you know, we still think we made the best choice, but we feel obligated for whatever reason they felt obligated to follow this new guidance of IDPH and the State Board of Education. So your lawsuit essentially alleges that the governor, uh, through these uh, these these executive agencies, one being a state board, uh, the state board of education, but uh, headed by uh, one of his appointees, uh, you're claiming he does not have that authority, uh, and you essentially highlights that uh, uh, there was a piece of legislation at the state house that would have dealt with this very thing, and it was very contentious. I remember seeing that that bill passed the house uh, in the late late evening hours one day, uh, but. It stalled out in the Senate, and it was a measure that ultimately said that school districts could be held uh, liable uh, if they don't follow certain guidelines concerning COVID-19. Uh, again, that measure never ultimately passed. So uh, you highlight that in your lawsuit. Talk a bit about that. Yeah, I think that's important, and you're right. It never made it out of the Senate, and the reason was, from my understanding, and if you watch the witness slips, most people don't understand witness slips. Uh, where people, you know, citizens can weigh in on particular legislation. There were over 16,000 
witness slips filed against that legislation, and I think about 100 in favor. So it was quite obvious what the people had thought. But that, that bill that was pending in the legislature would have, during the times of an emergency, as declared by a governor, and let's accept for this conversation that we are at that today, a precarious 19 months in, but so be it. But during times of an emergency, the legislature was going to vest the power within the Department of Health to create guidelines regarding school districts. Because right now, they don't, their, their Department of Health can't compel school districts to do anything. And But he, the legislature was going to give them that power to create these guidelines during an emergency, a public health emergency, and school districts had no ability to disregard that authority of the Department of Health during this time. And if they did, their accreditation status could be at risk for NISB, and it gave NISB the authority to uh, revoke or suspend accreditation status if these local school districts refuse to follow Department of Health guidelines during an emergency. That bill is pending in the legislature. It didn't pass. And so what we have now is the governor, who has, through an executive order, allegedly under the authority of the Emergency Management Agency Act, putting measures in place that exactly mimic the legislature's consideration of House Bill 2789. He is, the, the governor is saying, well, I'm going to vest that power in the Department of Health and direct them to create this guidance that's compelled against school districts. And school districts, you don't have any choice but to follow it. And if you don't, your accreditation status could be at risk. He just invoked the power of the legislature doing what he did. If people want to talk about, well, the courts have said this and the courts have said that in the last 18 months. This is very important, Greg. The courts have primarily been concerned with, can the governor for 18 months, every 30 days, issue a consecutive executive or disaster proclamation over the same COVID pandemic? And as of right now, it's not a settled issue, but the courts have said, yeah, okay, let's set that aside. We've never dealt significantly with what are the powers that the legislature had actually delegated the governor certainly to the point of delegating him power where he can take control of the decision-making of an autonomous body of government at the state at the local level with school boards. You can't find that in the Emergency Management Agency Act, in our opinion. And moreover, that issue has never been litigated in court and is not even none of his other prior cases are precedential in that regard. We're talking with attorney Thomas DeVore here on the WMAY morning news feed at 718. I'm Greg Bishop. And uh, Tom, you've got, of course, uh, the still pending case uh, that parents brought challenging the governor's um, orders prohibiting youth sports last year. That case is still pending. You've got the case of the uh, Foxfire restaurant uh, that uh, is going after the governor's orders that closed indoor dining last year. That case is still pending. Both those cases have uh, discovery that the uh, Pritzker administration has to provide the plaintiff's attorneys. Um, you had a case last year, and of course, separate from the the case where you represented uh, Darren Bailey, which I think kind of lumped into the Foxfire case. Uh, it's kind of hard to keep track of all of these these cases. But That's you did true, yes, you did have a, a different case uh, concerning masks last year uh, that ultimately uh, it did not proceed. Uh, I guess distinguish uh, what you filed yesterday with what you filed last year. Okay. The, the case that you're talking about last year that's commonly known as the Hudsonville case, actually my clients did not file that case, Greg. The governor and the State Board of Education and the Department of Health filed that case 
against three school districts. Okay. And, and that case is interesting. It's completely distinguishable. And it's, I, I would actually argue that that case uh, bolsters the fact that what the governor's doing now is improper. But last August, when a few school districts said we're going to exercise our own autonomy and have masking recommended and not uh, required, the governor sued these three school districts in Sangamon County. And he sued them asking for what's known in the court of law as equitable relief. He was asking the court to use the court's power, the governor's power or these administrative agencies' power, but the court's power to require these schools to comply with the governor's uh, re- the governor's executive order that directed these administrative agencies to create this guidance. And so ironically, what the court or what the judge, the judge, sorry, it's early. What the governor was doing in that court case was say he has to, when asking for equitable relief, say, I don't have the power to enforce this mass requirement, judge. The law doesn't vest me with that power. So please use your power to make them comply. And Judge Grishow, and again, I disagree with her respectfully, but Judge Grishow on one day in August said, okay, I will use my power to compel these school districts. And that's what that case is not precedent. It's not binding on anybody. It's not the law of the state of Illinois. It was one judge on one day that said, I will require the school districts to comply with this guidance because you, Governor, don't have the legal authority to make that happen. That was what that case was about, Greg. And now here we find ourselves a year later with the governor trying to say, well, I have the lawful authority to do this, even though he argued a year ago he didn't have the lawful authority. And if Governor Pritzker wants to go off into another courtroom someplace in the state of Illinois in August of 2021, asking the court to intervene and use this authority to require schools to do this, uh, I hope he picks the school district that I represent because I don't think he'll get away with that again a year later. Thomas DeVore joins us here on the WMAY Morning News Feed and attorney. But, Tom, you're also running for appellate court. Uh, tell us about this. It is. It was It was a long, hard decision for me and my family. My children are now leaving. I have triplets, and they're leaving for college next week. You know, I've been, you know, I come from a family that didn't have anything. I've been running hard since I was 16 years old. You know, I tried to figure out a way I can still keep helping people. Uh, now I'm 52 years old, going to be 52. And so I thought about running for the court. You know, should the people of the Southern District, uh, Fifth Appellate District, elect me to the court? Uh, I fully intend on spending a great deal of my time traveling across the state, which I'm allowed to do even as a judge, trying to help people understand the law, how the, the administrative bodies and the legislature and the executive, how they all are supposed to work together and how our system of government works. That's been the biggest concern I've had, Greg, for the last year and a half. You know, I've never been one advocating for policies one way or another. People that know me well know I've been advocating that we follow the rule of law and that the legislature and local bodies of government play their role in, in, in running our state. And so if elected to the court, I would plan on spending a lot of time still continuing to go around and talk about that. I'll be up north two days or two times on Wednesday uh, Jeannie Ives is having a big event that I'm going to speak at, and then I'm going up north again to speak to about 300 parents. And my only purpose of that is not to convince them to think one way or another. Uh, I'm not a gaslighter. My, my desire is just to get them to think in general about how government works and let them make their own choices. Well, and Tom, how do you separate the politics from this particular case challenging uh, the masks? 
how do I separate politics from challenging the math? Right. It's, it's really simple because the arguments, again, the arguments are not about math. I told people, Greg, and I've told them all along, if it wasn't Governor Pritzker and I, there was a governor, again, I'm a Republican, everybody knows that, but if it was Governor Rauner and he did this, I would be the same way. Or if Governor, I ask people all the time, Greg, I said, what if Governor Pritzker passed a rule that says math cannot be required? in a school. And then people who don't like that, which would arguably be the opposite people of the ones that like it now, I would represent them the same way because it's a question of authority. I have people all the time telling me how great uh, the Florida governor is because of what he does. And you know what my answer is to them? He's exceeding his authority, in my opinion, just like Governor Pritzker. So I can leave politics out of it when I'm trying to get the rule of law to be control and not any particular uh, executive officer, whether I agree with their policies or not. Attorney Thomas DeVore, uh, always appreciate you taking the time with us and delving into the weeds of your uh, challenges against uh, the governor's orders, and we'll talk again in the near future, I would imagine. All right, be safe. Yeah. Take care, sir. Thank you.